Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Changing the Climate, a show where we talk about the changing world around us and how we can make it better. Brought to you by Climate Change Realty. The only real estate brokerage that donates 50% of its net commissions to 501c3 nonprofit organizations dedicated to fighting climate change. Oh, I like this. This is a cool. Um, it it is right. Shop. This is a cool. Uh, yeah, it's a new. Uh, it's a new software I've been using. But um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty sick. It's got some good functionality to it. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, the I'm trying to increase the quality as much as I can. And uh, speaking of which, Sam, good to have you on the show, man. Always Great, a pleasure. Good to be here. Thank yeah, you for inviting me. Dude, thank thanks for coming, man, and thanks for picking up all the trash on the side of the road. It's pretty. It's pretty pretty grotesque and uh you're you're a shining inspiration for me so i'm excited to get into it we always like to start the show with a little bit of background on uh, who you are and how you got to be doing what you're doing yeah so um so yeah i mean again thank you for having me because you know for i mean a friend of my friend is my friend so uh good to see someone else who's in the space who's you know doing integrating like what they're trying to do uh with with the environment and, and helping out so um, so I'm Sam to, I guess all the viewers, uh, you know, um, I do the regrowth project. So I have a company, the regrowth project, which is why I'm on here uh, where I go, I clean trash every day. So I've missed maybe like 10 days since I started in maybe July of 2020. Um, yeah. I, yeah, cause it's so easy to clean trash, unfortunately, but it's everywhere. So you can just get out there. The idea, the initial idea is you can get out there shopping bag of trash um and just clean it up and, and just do a little good thing it takes two seconds i mean each plastic water bottles stuff that otherwise will go into where i clean in baltimore nowadays it'll go into the sewer it'll go into the chesapeake bay and it'll uh you know get some fish as collateral and that's not good you like we want to keep we want to do what we can to preserve our natural environments and it's it's easy enough to take to do little things does it ever like get inside your head that like there's just like so much of it everywhere Weirdly, no, because that's cool. Because I mean, there is, and it's it's unfortunate, but it's it's like it's kind of out of my immediate control at this point. It's out of all of our immediate control how much trash there is, and and how many times have you uh, used something disposable? A million times, and and so it's it's very easy to see where some of it would end up as trash. But but to me, it's more like here's a huge problem. We need a huge solution. Someone has has to just tackle this issue, which is presented. And, and we can make it better, you know, through maybe more biodegradable products, through better habits, certainly on an individual level. Uh, there's a lot of little ways to kind of attack this macro issue. It's not worth getting mad about the macro issue. Yeah, amen to that, man. Are, are you in like the, the zero waste life at all? That, that's, that stuff's like really popular on social media. I don't know if you've noticed, like there's all these like zero waste queens and zero waste gurus. And I actually just bought this zero waste kit, which is really cool. It's like a jar with like a fork and a knife and it has like a napkin and like a shopping bag. And the idea being like you can bring it out. Like I keep like I, I, I take people out to like lunch or dinner or whatever for like client meetings and I hate getting like the plastic cups or like the, the, like the takeaway boxes. Like we've been doing it for so long. It's so ingrained, but like now, once you become aware of this stuff, it's like, I can't, you can't unsee it. You know, I'm sure you can't now, wherever you go, I'm sure you always are like, there's trash. Like where's the trash? Yeah. Yeah. Always, always. Every <laughs> yeah. day I see something I, like every day. It's impossible not to, cause there's so much of it. I wouldn't say I live. Um, I say I could live more zero waste. We um, all can. It's, yeah. a, it's a process. 
but I use reusable. I use the same like four dishes, you know, for dinner. And I, I, uh, what, what's it called? There's a place I get, you know, coffee sometimes and they have the biodegradable straw and they have the plastic straw. And I, and I know the, the biodegradable one, it's like, it gets floppy and it's a little less convenient, but that's the one I use because you got to do what you can, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I, I wouldn't say, I, I would say if I was really focusing on it, I could be probably more zero waste than I am, of but it's, tough. it's really tough nowadays, you know? Yeah, it's it's totally a process as well. And I always say just start with like one thing and build some momentum. But when you mention the straw, man, like so I don't drink coffee. That might be a huge fact. I basically only drink water. But man, I cannot think of the last time that I've used a straw just like generally. Is it for like like people are using it mostly for what? Like coffee? I don't know. I get iced coffee. So so okay. they, there's some places right. they just give you the straw. Some places they just give you the straw. You know, I'm not, like I I'll ask for no straw if I have the option to. I know Starbucks mm. used to give you the straw, and now they have these little like kind of sippy cup tops, you know. Yeah, I've seen uh, it. So there's a little less waste associated, but you know they're around. They're it's all around as long as people use it, it's around. That's why it's kind of on people individually to make those little choices and uh, and kind of eliminate those kind of fringe items like straws that that you don't necessarily need them for a lot of things. I mean, you, you mentioned it just now. Yeah, I mean, so I think it started off as like a cleanliness thing, which like fair enough. But so, what's the deal, man? Well, how how'd you get into this stuff? What why why start picking up trash? Like what's like why? Um, so I I don't even really know where it started. I've always liked being outside. Um, my family's always been going to New Hampshire since I was a little kid. Beautiful nature, you know, all this and national parks, vacations when I was a kid. I really do have a good appreciation for, uh, for you know being outside. It's so nice. It's so chill. Um. And then I guess during, during COVID, um, there was not much to do, obviously. Uh, and me and my friends would uh, bike around town a lot and we'd bike on these trails. There's this great park. It's called Pelham Bay park, uh, in the Bronx in New York city, technically. And I live right outside New York city, right outside the Bronx. So bike in these trails and there's, it's great nature and you see deer and, and you're on the water, et cetera, but, but there's so much trash, like, Ooh, you'd like, old trash too you you find cans that from like you know they had like a, a triangle opening at the top I'm trying to really here and I, I googled it they stopped making those cans in like the 70s whoa and they're just laying out there forever so i was thinking like it's covid you know it, it was i wasn't really finding i was applying to jobs but i wasn't really finding anything i really wanted to do I was thinking, well, I should get paid doing something good for nature. I, I care strongly about this. I, so I should really try to kind of start something up where I can be in nature. I can be benefiting the environment and I can somehow get paid from that. Um, and so it, it kind of started. And then I went on Instagram, I, I guess for viewers who don't know what I do, I'm the regrowth project on Instagram and I post every day, just a bunch of cool pictures, things I find, stories, et cetera. And That's then I awesome. take a little video, you know, here I am with the trash. We collected it from XYZ. Um, we're around this location and uh, here's, you know, here's why I'm having a good time right now. And we're just doing a good thing out here. So I do that. Like, that's kind of the gist of what the regrowth project is. Yeah, so it's it's at the Regrowth Project on Instagram. 
yeah yeah and he's like he's really out here like if you want to see someone who's like putting in the work doing it every single day he has a a patreon but like you can tell he just has like this passion for it and i mean i love see like so i wake up uh i wake up and you're like i wake up at like 4 30 and then like you go to work at like 6 30 so it's like I, as soon as i get in you know i check like my email my all my stuff i always love seeing i'm like damn there he is just like picking up the trash it's so cool um i'm a little i'm a little confused though did you say that you, you grew up in new york York City, so right outside New York City. So okay, right outside. Like yeah, a very, yeah, I was you say. know, it's very suburban. Um, but it, but the city. I mean, technically, the city limits. I mean, I don't know how much people are from. I mean, you're from the New York area. Uh, yeah, I'm from Ringwood, New Jersey, like yeah, Morristown. But for all, all the viewers across the world who's not so familiar with New York, you have Manhattan, which is what everyone thinks of when you think of New York City, and then there's the Bronx, which is large and, and kind of sprawling in a lot of ways. Uh, covers a lot of ground and and even on the edge of the bronx and in queens and brooklyn Staten island i'm sure other bureaus it's not all city there's there's you know it's urban but then there's there's big parks like pelham bay park uh and the, there's these huge areas um just kind of walking areas great parks around here great nature um so i'm kind of outside the pelham bay park part of the the bronx and then it kind of gets a little more city-esque and then as you move closer towards manhattan then you have you got to cross like a river or two and then and then you're the new york city the one that everyone thinks of with buildings etc so that, that's like further that's you know yeah that's where i was born yeah gotta go oh, away um but uh so you've been picking up trash you said you've missed 10 days out of 360 plus 180 out of almost like 500 days straight of picking up trash every single day how do people like respond to you when they're like on their way to work and it's like you're i mean you guys i really check out the instagram page i mean like it's raining it's snowing like you're out there you're like rgp two bags of trash like for the day like how to tell me like some cool stories of how people have like responded to you just people you don't even know like see i mean there's a lot of people who uh, nowadays, especially now that I'm, I'm really in a city, uh, I had this place, Mother's Grill, uh, like a local um, restaurant kind of they, they DM'd me out of the blue and they're like, we love what you're doing to clean the city. Like, have like we, you come stop by, I'll give you like a gift card or something. So it's always nice when when, when you know, people because uh, that's a place really up the block for me. So I clean around there a lot. Um, I really appreciate when, when kind of these local businesses uh, just appreciate what I'm doing. It, it always helps knowing that there's people out there who, who support what I'm doing. And then my friends will reach out to me and they'll say, oh, I saw some trash on the ground. I was like, RGP, I got to pick that up. Hell yeah. Uh, so so it's, it's great to hear when people um, actually in their lives are, are doing the thing and picking up trash. But some of the funniest stories are like, there's this one guy, I forget his name. And he, I used to see him at this place, Orchard Beach. Um, back when I, that's in New York. So th this was, I used to go there really all the time. I'm probably, I'm definitely going to go there while I'm home over winter break. Um, it's like kind of a peninsula, lots of trash in various parts. Lots of people go fishing. Unfortunately, they leave behind a lot of trash there. There's this one guy I'd see who would see me collect the trash and he'd just pay me. <laughs> he'd be like, he'd be like, here's 30 bucks. Like you got, like, you got to cover the cost of those bags. Like you're doing great work. Like don't let anyone tell you to like to stop cleaning i'm on board with him man that he was, guy sounds like a bro yeah oh, he was awesome he was awesome he'd always be he was recovering from uh some kind of like he, he older gentleman probably in his 60s or something some kind of like hip thing so so he was just kind of like he'd walk and stick he'd just kind of be rehabbing around these nice nice calm trails and every time i saw that guy's pleasure so seeing people who kind of recognize um 
you know, what, what it is I'm, I'm doing, what it is I'm about, you know, you get some really positive reaction and that makes it really easy to keep going out there every day when I know uh, there's people who, who do have my back about this. They're like, they appreciate that. They appreciate it. And it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, so what is it exactly that you're doing? Like, what is your vision? Like, I know it's really hard for us to like, all right, let's try and figure out with a way to like monetize, like cleaning up trash. I know that like the ocean cleanup is trying to like recycle plastics into like new products, but like, what is your kind of long-term dream, whether it be about a monetization strategy or just how to have a large impact when it comes to the regrowth project? So, so, so this is really, um, I don't know how I'm going to accomplish it. Possibly. You have so many great organizations, the ocean cleanup for ocean, um, all these places, you know, get these huge amounts of, of plastic and garbage and they kind of conglomerated into, into like some kind of cool product. And that's how they spread the vision. It's clear that that works and that's great. Um, Keep nature wild is another one. They sell merch that they're kind of similar to what I'm doing. Uh, I kind of want to create a similar, I guess, community um, where, where people can kind of, um, go and, and know that it's like a, a trash cleaning space for lack of a better word. Sure. Um, but, I, but I'd like it to be something where people can tune in. They could, they can maybe enjoy some actual nature content as well. Like animal planet style, style earth stuff, because it's, it's kind of easy planet. to forget. Like nature is sick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah. much awesome stuff. It is something that's worth protecting thoroughly. I mean, you, you like you have, all sorts of dynamic environments, animals, just crazy, crazy different biodiversity, uh, all this beautiful, amazing stuff is going on out there. So I want to place, I want to, you know, long-term it'd be great for people to go to RGP and say, oh, well, not only are they clean trash, but look at, did you see that cool nature thing? Did you see that waterfall? Did you see that animal out there? Wow, that that's spectacular. Like, that's really cool. And just kind of draw together that sort of like-minded community around it's like not only what we can do to protect nature, but why we should protect nature. It's because it's fascinating. It's awesome, you know? No, I love that. That makes sense. Yeah. Building community is is just one of the most innately valuable things you can do. I could see how you'd want to take it, take it that route. And that's really how we get change accomplished. I talk a lot about, you know, giving back to others and individual action, how anyone can make a difference. But it's when we we get together and collaborate with similar values that we can actually make a, a huge impact. So that that's really cool, man. Um, I think I remember, I think it was, I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago, I like pulled up one of your videos and you were like, I'm not really feeling that great today, guys. But it's like, I think it was like raining or foggy or something but like, it's like, here it is. It's like one bag of trash. I got to do it. So I just wanted to hear about like a day where you like really didn't want to do the job, but like, you're not like for me, like I'd be out there. Are you a fan of uh, David Goggins? Goggins is crazy. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'd be out there like, which this is stupid in retrospect, like out there knocking doors in like 15 degree weather. And I'd be like, stay hard, man. Got to keep knocking doors. But be, but I'm like, no, of course, like I donate half of my money and I do all this other stuff, but I'm, I'm actually making a, a living from what I'm doing. So I have this really intense motivation. I'm curious, like about a day that you didn't want to do the job, but like, yet you still continued on and were motivated anyway. It's just cool. Yeah, I mean, plenty of days and plenty of days even. Um, it, it's one of those things uh, similar to, I don't know, maybe going to the gym is a good analogy where when you're sitting in your in your room and you're like, yeah, I don't want to do this. But 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 once I'm doing it, invariably, I'm happy I'm out there. Invariably. That's the key. Yeah, like I, I, I'm just, it, it's great to be there. That day I was sick. I, I went to the uh, office. Yeah, I knew. And, um, <laughs> and my boss by like noon, he was like, dude, go home. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, get out of here. What are you doing? Um, but, you know, I, I even when you're feeling down, I, I've cleaned a bunch of times when I've been sick before. Um, I, I've cleaned on, on a bunch of days where I would have rather not. I've cleaned on, it, it's really tough to go when I'm on like vacation or something. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to chill and relax. And sometimes I do take a day off. Um, sure. But even when I basically take a day off, I don't do like a real clean. It is so easy to clean trash for five minutes and fill a shopping bag. It's kind of sad, but it's so, it takes on the days I don't want to do it. I can do it in five minutes. I can clean a bag of trash in five minutes. And that's like a little disappointing. Um, but at the same time, it, it does, I know ultimately the consistency is a very key aspect of what I do. So you, you just have to show up. You just have to, I'm like, even when you don't want to do it, you just have to do it. And then invariably, I'm happy I did it. Yeah, I'll get back to that in a second. But one thing I want to throw in there is uh, so obviously Riley Hollis is the person who connected both of us. I'm sure shout out to him. I'm sure he's listening to this. And we went to summer camp together and there was like a four week session and a three week session. And uh, in the third week of the four week session for summer camp where kids go and sleep overnight in bunks and blah, 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 and run around outside in nature, there would be a, uh, a, a like a parent visitor's day. And all every year before parents visitors day, there would be something they called Campo Beautiful Day. And they would have all the all this the the campers line up in a line and we would slowly like walk down the the camp and all just like pick up trash. And and you, you know, you're walking around camp and you're like, there's not like much trash around, like everything's clean. But they would they were, would require each kid. And when you're like 10 years old, this is like you know, 20 minutes of picking up trash, it's like three hours of being yeah. tortured. And like, but you would everyone would manage to pick up like 20 different pieces of trash. So what you said is is so, so true. And one thing I want to say um, is from, you know, I think we're both entrepreneurial. I, I do want to uh, talk a little bit at least about what you do for, for work as well. Just see how you kind of do have a lot of freedom in what you do. But um, that it's so true that when I get to the door knocking, I don't feel like door knocking, but once I start doing it, it's fun. And I want to say before this podcast, I was working at the computer all morning doing like business development stuff. And I'm like, oh, like, I don't want to do the podcast. But the second I see a human, I'm very extroverted and I'm, I'm having like a blast right now. So it's exactly. it's really it's really easy to forget to like. Your emotions kind of like trick you. But if you remember from the past, like every time I pick up trash, I feel good. Every time I do a podcast, I feel great. It's just like getting over that like motivation hump is is so important to to get accustomed to. You just got to remember like, I, oh, I like doing this even if I don't think that I do. I think that's a really valuable piece of advice for anyone just to like so true. get stuff done. It's so true. You just have to start doing it. Once you build the habit and, and you and you learn that you like to do it, it's so easy. Um, but but it, it really can be tough. Like it, it's not hard to see how how easy it is to just not do anything all day and just be like, mm -hmm. oh. but, but, you but feel really, worse you when you do that. Worse, yeah, exactly. Once you once you do a lot, like by the end of those days, I'm like, wow, I did a ton today. But like, that's good. I'll do it again tomorrow. And I'll yeah. wake up and be like, and then I'll just do it again. Yeah, I think you you build momentum. I think that's huge as well. Yeah. So yeah. So wh while you're building up RGP, what what are you doing as like a job? So I work now at a, a company called New Day USA. Um, it's a, like a mortgage. It's a mortgage company for veterans. So um, you know, we we originate uh, a lot of loans for veterans who are just maybe trying to lower their interest rate or they're they're trying to like access some of the equity in their home for various reasons, home improvements, you know, uh, consolidate debt, like there's, there's a bunch of reasons. So, um, I've been doing that for like six months now. So I've, I've been doing RGP for like a year and a half. I've been doing that for 
uh, since July. So that's been really good so far. I've liked it a lot. That's what I'm in Baltimore for. Yeah, that's cool. And I think there's just a lot of freedom in real estate. And some people might not like that. Um, do you have like s- strict hours that you have to follow or no? So I do. Um, actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I, I, I'm, I'm basically like, I mean, I start at the bottom. I'm in, I'm at like a large company. So I'm at the bottom of the totem pole, essentially. I just kind of do sales um, there for certain hours. There's freedom, I guess, within those hours. Uh, it, you know, there's a certain amount of work to do. It's not like, uh, I, I like that I can sort of control my own schedule. There's some meetings throughout the day. But besides that, I kind of uh, control when I have appointments with who and when I want to be, um, you know, taking new leads and when I want to be doing this and that. But, uh, but you know, it's, it's like it is an office job in a lot of ways, but it's been a great experience. I've been very happy with it. It's, it's been a great tool to like kind of learn the skill of sales, which is a skill. And if you're trying to sell the environment, you better know how to sell because it's not like an immediate tangible uh, benefit to a lot of people, unfortunately. Dude, sales is life, man. I did a whole vlog. It must have been like a year ago now about how like sales is like the quintessential skill where like if you can communicate to people your value, I mean the same thing, like when you go on an interview, like people don't realize like what you are doing in your interview is sales, like you're selling yourself. If you can sell sell anything, I just think it's the the quintessential skill. It's almost like it's almost like helping people see the value in something that you see by the nature of the fact that you're selling it. But but it's it's almost like yeah, a lot of people I think view sales when they hear sales it's like competitive. It's like making people buy stuff. A lot of it is showing people the benefit of of you know the product you have, whatever you're trying to sell. So what you know when I'm at work, it's trying to show people the benefit why why a new loan program is correct for their situation and how it can better help them out, how it can be advantageous. And then as far as RGP, it's kind of showing people uh, the benefit of like here here's kind of what what we have here as a clean environment. Here's here's the benefit. Here's why we need your help to pitch in on this. Yeah, no, that's a good that's a good way to put it, man. So you like me are are very interested in economic solutions to the climate crisis. I'm just curious if your kind of introduction into real estate has stimulated any thoughts on how we can improve our economy just right off the bat. I don't know. I don't know if uh, there's a direct um, correlation. You brought up that idea before we started recording about about loans and embodied carbon and having people basically pay for the carbon footprint of building the home that they construct and over the loan amortized over the 30 years, which I think would be a pretty cool, uh, creative, reasonable way to do it. So as far as the environment, I like that a lot. I, I think I think actually a, a big um, driver of, of poor environmental habits, though, um, across the country is poor financial habits among a lot of people, you know, not, not even necessarily their fault, but when you don't have a lot of money and you don't know how to manage your money, um, it's less likely that you're going to pay a premium for environmentally, you know, better goods. That's not what you're focused on. You're focused on putting, putting food on the table for yourself, which is really, mm-hmm. it, it, that's important. That's like, not something you, that's an absolutely primary thing that you have to take care of in your life. And you see it a lot of company or a lot of countries that uh, seem to be the most polluted, um, are ones that there's not a lot of economic opportunity. There's not a lot of room for people to be focused on solving those issues. They have to solve the issue of where am I going to, you know, um, support my family today. Uh, so I, I think by creating more economic opportunity overall, um, just, you know, throughout the country, teaching people kind of better, a lot of people are in a lot of debt, unfortunately, um, kind of 
getting people out ahead of this, when you give people economic resources, you have the opportunity to, for them to make economic decisions that, that are more beneficial to other things in their immediate needs, like, like the environment and uh, keeping places clean and, and all sorts of stuff related to that. So I don't know that I, I don't know that what I do, I, I have a direct economic perspective or mm -hmm. on like how to tie mortgage loans in with the environment. But I do think that that's a huge problem overall uh are you talking about economic disparity or what's a huge problem overall well economic disparity financial in some cases kind of financial acumen just like knowing what to do with your money and how to not be a lot of debt etc and i think when you give people economic resources um they're a lot more likely to you know spend their money in ways that'll They'll, they'll pay more money to to buy something eco-friendly because everyone likes the environment no one hates nature who, who's the guy who hates nature but when but when you you don't give someone the economic freedom to support that they're not going to support it but when someone does have the economic freedom and wherewithal to support that they can do good things for nature so i think it's it's more so about economic opportunity giving people the means to take better care of the world around them. like littering is different like technically no one should litter but mm -hmm. you know it, it's it's as far as the zero waste lifestyle, you know, yeah. how many people living paycheck to paycheck can really do zero waste lifestyle? Right. Um, well, I could make an argument that many could, but I'm not super versed in that. That's why I'm bringing uh, a zero waste expert on pretty soon. Yeah, they um, would know better than me. I'm just guessing. Of course, I'm better than us. We're not in. We're not in that. I mean, that's a huge space that's yeah, continuing to blow up. So we'll we'll hold that thought. Um, when you say give people economic resources what do you what do you mean by that i think you have to just create this is not even really to do with with either my job or rgp but I think we're, we're I, speculating yeah i i think it, it's about having economic opportunities um, around you the ability i mean we're you mentioned we're like i, I do think we're both entrepreneurial dudes but like um, you, we're in a place where we can actually kind of go out and, and create something and when you when you kind of put people people under the hammer of, of they have all these bills to pay and they they have no kind of way out of that sinkhole they're constantly playing catch up economically um they don't really have economic opportunity they're tied to whatever maybe mediocre job they have um they can't really get their their way out of out of the hole that they found themselves in so you know that so their priorities are more immediate and more focused on like how am i going to like pay my rent next month rather than how am I going to benefit the environment and like do mm -hmm. all, you know? No, man, for sure. It's yeah, no, that makes sense. Thing, I guess. I mean, I'm a big proponent of a, a UBI personally. I, I don't know where you stand on that stuff, but I, I try my best not to get into politics yeah. in life generally. And on this show, um, in, inevitably it does, you know, it does come into a conversation, but uh, I'm, I'm very big on, creating solutions that don't involve coercion i really don't want to be in a position where i am making mandates on people or, or forcing people to do things i love the idea of creating an alternative that's clearly better and giving people the option to choose it but you know there's the government there's like a fine line in between there's no you know you know this idea that all free market, that's all we can do, or all, you know, all communism, that's all we can do. It, it's really bullshit. You know, life has nuance and life is so nuanced. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I, I think, um, oh, geez, I, whatever I was going to say, it's, it's, <laughs> like, I, it's kind of right there. Uh, it'll come back to me. 
giving people yeah. giving people the option. Oh yeah, yeah. You can't. It, it's very difficult to mandate people to live like you know environmentally friendly. But if you give them a great option that happens to also be environmentally friendly, yeah, why won't they do it? Of course. Yeah, it's like. like yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, you could buy your house with like a really good real estate agent who doesn't donate any of their money, or you could buy their house with an even better real estate agent who donates half of their money. It's just, What's I don't know. That? It seems What's like a simple that? solution to me. Um, yes, exactly. Sam, uh, any thoughts on like changes we could make to just prevent the litter from ending up on the ground? I think we need better litter. I think we need litter that breaks down eventually. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, because people will do it. And, and a lot of times, like, you know, it's kind of funny, but the days that there's a lot of trash are just the days that everyone puts their trash out and then it's windy and there's a raccoon out there. And and then that's not really, I mean, it is litter, but it's, it's not intentional litter. Mm -hmm. um, so ultimately you need kind of the fail safe of, um, of, of litter that doesn't necessarily do a lot of damage to the environment and last forever. I mean, you know, I, I mentioned to you those triangle cans that have been there since the eighties. Yeah. Clean one time, found a um you know, found a a can said nineteen ninety four Rangers Stanley Cup champions on it. Yeah. This is this has been here for twenty seven years. Didn't break down. It's crazy. It doesn't it it, it you know the it doesn't break down at all. I mean styrofoam I think is notorious for that, unless I'm mistaken. It's in the middle of the woods today, found a red solo cup, middle of the woods. How long has that been there? Why is it even there? So we need, we need like better, uh, you know, we need better alternatives too. I actually, I should look up this company. I had a bag today, like the bag I used to clean trash. Mm -hmm. it, it's called like Eco Hippo or something. And on the bag, it said like, here's all the reasons that we're better than like plastic bags and paper bags. And it had the functionality of a plastic bag where it's like created from like post-industrial resin, created with 50% green energy. Uh, there, there's like four or five. I took a picture of it. I have to review this company later. Eco Hippo is called, and mm -hmm. and I think that's um, that's like the litter we need. <laughs> you know, right. if everything they say on the bag is true, you need something that that's that's not going to have a long term negative effects in the environment, even if it does inevitably end up in the ocean or somewhere it shouldn't be. Nope. Yep. Sounds sounds good enough to me. And then there's issues on on both sides, obviously. But we're you know it's really hard to find. A, all right, perfect solution. Everything's solved. You know, it's like you, you got it. Like we were talking about, you got to get the momentum. You got to take the baby steps. If you're not zero waste today, you know, start by I don't know, not using a straw, which is like yeah. the big public thing that they've talked about yeah. with the freaking turtles. But I mean, as long as you know, we get people moving in the right direction, we can get things can things can change pretty profoundly in a decade. And I really believe in our generation. That's why it's been cool having you on the show, man. I did want to ask you. Um, so you've done 24 episodes of the Regrowth Project podcast, right? Yeah. yeah. So what was your experience like with that? Like, what'd you learn from talking to all these different people? I talked to a lot of cool people. Um, it, it was it, podcasting was something I wanted to try, um, and I, I went and I interviewed a good amount of people for pretty much every week from I guess October or so of 2020 through probably stopped doing it more so in May or June of 2020. And it was a good experience. I wouldn't say that I loved kind of like what you said. Like I, I'm having a great time now that I'm on the podcast. But like before I'd record episodes, I'd be like, oh, I scheduled this up too. Oh, it's tough, like, man. I don't really want to do it today. But, you know, it, I was oftentimes very happy that I did it. I talked to a lot of interesting people, local people a lot of times in the local park systems. 
uh, talked with a guy about how they make and design trails. That was kind of a fun episode. And, and he, uh, I got to find the episode. He was talking about this kind of triple whammy of like, of like negatives for forests around here with their facing environmentally, uh, bigger storms, more invasive plants. And, um, and there was some, some third one and, the, and, and it was creating, you know, it's like a, it was a negative flywheel of destruction for local forests, basically something about, uh, how they'd like blow over more easily and then it'd leave more room for, for new plants to come in invasive plants. And then it kind of choke out the existing trees. So they die and fall over in storms. And then, and, and so like you, you talk with a lot of people who have their own niches and really know a lot about what their aspect of, you know, uh, the environment is, and that was a great part of the podcast. So, you know, I yeah. kind of miss it. Maybe I'll bring it back one day. I don't know. Much yeah, time man. Right now, unfortunately. Hey man, um, here, big, big, not trade secret, but, uh, secret newsflash for everyone listening to this show. I don't love sitting for six hours, emailing, following up and doing all this stuff. And then having, you know, 50% of people ignore me, 25% answer and then disappear for three weeks. But when once it, you got to understand that people are really busy and like, um, it's not their priority for this random person they've never heard of to like appear on it. But once you, if you can get their attention and, and reel them in and then ha give them this amazing opportunity on the show, people really appreciate it. But you know, not everything in life is, is sunshine and rainbows. And, and that's kind of what makes sunshine and rainbows so awesome is that not it everything is. in life is that, you know what exactly. I mean? It'd get real yeah. boring if it was. I got right. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Um, I mean, just want to ask you, I mean, we're in like the same age demographic. I think Riley's a school year before me. Um, just like what has been your biggest lesson of 2021? It's a good question. Let me, let me think of my answer while you're, while you're saying yours. I don't even know. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I mean, whatever I say is going to sound cliche. But consistency Always. is key. Consistency is very key. Uh, if you put in good work and you have the same good habits over time, doing something like you'll get results invariably. It doesn't work any other way. Um, and then this is this is one that's been difficult for me lately. And I've been doing it for longer than 2021. So it's not really a lesson of 2021. But reading a lot of books is good. Like yeah. reading, reading a lot of books, I feel like keeps my mind fresh and gives me new ideas and, and keeps me looking at things from different perspectives. So that's when I have to kind of uh, renew my uh, habit of in 2022. I've been reading, reading the last couple months, but reading is huge. I really, it's one of those things I really like, I think it's huge and, and just keeping active as well. Like physically, totally. like things that don't stagnate you, I think make it easier to be consistent in other areas. Like, you know, showing up every day, cleaning trash. Right. No, that's huge. Again, and then you can build momentum and, and add better habits on top of that. I know I've said that multiple times, but point being, uh, cliche is good. Anci there's ancient wisdom that has persisted for millennia for a reason. There are people like do unto others, have you others do unto yourself, like build good habits. Like it's like if you listen to this for 10 years and, and don't do it, like there's a reason that so many people are saying the same things because it really works and it's proven and we just you know, we, we, we forget we are, we're a, a race with what's it called amnesia. But you know, what I will say is my, um, my biggest lesson of 2021 or biggest takeaway. I, I, I came up with it right away is, um, 
I'm very ambitious and I'm trying to build this big business. I am building this big business uh, as best as, as I can. And I think we, uh, again, the social media culture of watching other people do things. And, you know, our generation is known specifically Gen Z for being very impatient and wanting immediate gratification right away. But for me, a, a realization I came to really not too long ago that I think is the best, uh, the best lesson for 2021 is to not compare myself to anyone else at all. Like I used to want to be like, okay, Kanye West released his, you know, his big album when he was 27. So in order to be on track to have as much of an impact as Kanye, I got to release my big project. Yeah. yeah instead, like instead of that, it's like, who was I last month? Who was I last year? I have to be better than that guy. Cause that guy was me. So if I really want to be the best I possibly can be, instead of comparing myself to some abstract idea that doesn't really isn't really relatable, I think I'm always going to I'm going to track what I'm doing and compare myself to myself. And I think that's going to be really powerful, a positive impact, because then I, I always because then you you sometimes overexert yourself when you try to reach for something that's unrealistic. Like I wanted to sell 50 million dollars in real estate this year, like didn't quite didn't quite get there. But um, I did better than last year, and then I got to yeah. do better than this year, next year. And you, I think that's really realistic and a good way to go about things. I don't know. That's a huge, yeah, that, that is a huge takeaway. It's very easy to actually be discouraged when you look at some, like, huge, ambitious goal, and you don't come close. It's like, man, man no shit, you weren't going to come close. That was a huge, ambitious goal. But if you com keep comparing yourself to what, what did I do yesterday, what can I do better than that today? then you actually have have real building blocks real actionable items that you can improve on and continuously you know do better at so that, that yeah that's where it's at that is a great lesson yeah so let's let's slowly bring the emissions down rather than bringing them up i think would be a good call if everyone could get on board with that that'd be great all right sam awesome how can people support rgp and how can they yeah so uh the patreon patreon.com slash the regrowth project is i am a patron yes he, supported he, by he, climate change realty 100 percent. it's huge and you can donate as little as five dollars a month um and just support what i do and uh you know follow my instagram of course that's really where the action at uh you know the, the regrowth the regrowth project on instagram um and then also too i have a website theregrowthproject.com where you can buy hats you can buy uh i'm pretty much out of shirts unless you're a small or medium um <laughs> <laughs> and then i i used to i have to see if i have any more uh when i started rgp i should have touched on this i used to make these plastic dice i melt down bottle caps in a microwave oven and i make dice somebody in indiana cool. bought a pair of dice last month out of the blue found me on the website so that was that was huge i hadn't touched those dice in more than a year but it, you know you know that was that was kind of my ocean cleanup phase of i'm gonna take the trash i'm gonna make something out of it so if you want to buy merch gear hats etc check out the regrowthproject.com. Um, those are the three ways. I would say Instagram is primary, Patreon is secondary. I also have a website if you like that sort of thing. Hell yeah. Everyone follow the regrowth project. I mean, if you're looking for daily inspiration from a person who who's just like you, you know, we're just getting started in our careers. We've got a passion. He's not, you know, balls deep into like a climate change realty business, but he's, he's doing something just as impactful as I am while building his own career. It's really inspirational. Sam, I usually ask people for advice uh, at the end of the episode, but I think we just filled the last 20 minutes of this podcast with advice. So um, I do it, one more thing to say. Actually, Let's go. Let's go. I appreciate that. Climate change is for regular people. I think that's one thing that that's a huge message I try to have uh, is like, it's easy to, to kind of see these, these, 
people who do crazy stuff for the climate, they really go all out. They are zero waste. They're negative waste. You know, they're positive. You know, there's so many people who, who go so hard and they, they dedicate their whole lives to, to the environment. That's great. We need those people. They're, they're amazing people. You know, like, I mean, look, look at this guy right here. Whatever. But, but for a real impact to happen, all it does take is you just going to a park once in a while, appreciating it. And then picking up some trash and putting it in a trash can. You you can do that. You don't have to you don't have to change your whole lifestyle to be eco friendly. You can do some. I promise you, you can do something small, something easy, something that benefits the environment every day. Climate change, the environment is for regular people. And it's a huge huge message. Bro, thank you so much for saying that at the end. I'm really glad you added it. And like, if you're a very like empathetic person and you care about living beings, like. When you pick up this like toxic bullshit out of like an anthill or like even if you, I don't know, people think rats are gross, but like you're, you're saving them. Like you're making their lives better. So if you're into that, like hell yeah. Sam, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. It's been, it's been a blast. Pleasure to be here. Exactly. We got to collaborate, you know, in the future. A friend, a friend of Hell yeah, bro. Mine, you know? Amen, bro. Really nice dude. <sighs> Very athletic. He's <laughs> athletic, very athletic guy. He, he was, he was hard to keep up with. He was really fast too, but, um, surprisingly so. Yeah, he's, he's fast, but he, he lost, he lost to my team in the Indian games, but whatever. But, uh, all right, Sam, pleasure to have you on the show, man. Thanks everyone, everyone for being here. Uh, we're going to, we're going to have an awesome year. Absolutely. Keep killing it, man. You got it. All right, everybody. Peace out. See you Peace. soon. So if you or anyone else you know is looking to buy or sell a home anywhere in the USA and would like to create thousands of dollars in donations without any cost out of pocket, please visit ccrboulder.com today.